Hello, everyone. I'm George Johnson. And I'm Rick Crowell. We're your co-hosts for Looking Beyond the Obvious, where we share individual stories of life, exploring those places where our lives intersect with the divine, and look beyond the surface reality to the unseen. Today, we're talking about milestones, events in our lives that um, kind of set the tone for where we're headed. The markers you know, in yeah, our lives. I mean, you, you don't think about a particular event causing you such major change, but that, that, uh, that's the way it works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, weddings, anniversaries, children, yep. being born jobs, uh, started and lost, as well as friends and family that mm-hmm. you've lost. Oh, right. You know, uh, all of those, I believe, are mile markers within our lives. Yeah, and some are very significant gains or some very significant losses. Um, yeah. Some, you know, aren't as big a deal as others, but um, obviously a lot of them do have a major impact. And sometimes even more so than we realize at the right. time, as you just mentioned. Um, you had one of those, actually, and you're talking about a milestone of faith, I think, today in your story. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, a big milestone for me was my first experience uh interacting with God on a deeply personal level. Hmm. I mean, I've said prayers as a young kid, uh, you know, Lord, help me get a good grade mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but not with the seriousness that came about in uh, May of 1981. I was a senior in high school, in trade school, and uh, looking to get a job. And uh, 1981 was the height of the recession. Hmm. And hiring kids right out of trade school wasn't going very well that year. Well, and, they're probably uh, just trying to keep adults in jobs. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. And uh, in my world, uh, was about to be turned upside down when I found out that my dad was home from work on voluntary layoff, and my dad was a driver. And uh, we knew that if you got stuck working with dad, it wasn't just working. It was extreme at times he mm. he was a real pusher and in my small world that was just panic it actually i have problems now that are just as stressful as an adult that were as stressful as that was yeah and uh, i was complaining to my now wife who was my girlfriend at the time uh, i said beck i don't know what i'm going to do i said this is as serious as it gets and uh in her simple christian faith way she had an answer that said, well, just pray about it. Hmm. And over the weeks, as this crunch time became near, I kept asking the same thing. And she just kept reiterating the same thing. I thought, this girl doesn't get it. <laughs> I need something that's going to really work. You know, I don't think that that's what prayers are for. And I'm not even really sure that they work. Mm-hmm. So finally, with just two weeks to go, I went home and... Uh, let the dog out, made sure nobody was around, locked the bedroom door, which we never did. I didn't want to get caught praying. Hmm. Got down on my knees and prayed to God for for a job. Hmm. I told him I needed a job, and I'd, I'd hoped to enter this sense of I was trying to say the right words, do the right things. And Be before more spiritual, you know it, probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I positioned myself. I mean, made sure my hands were pointed upwards, <laughs> you know, to heaven and... <laughs> 
And then next thing you know, I'm looking around at the fringe on the bed and dust on the floor and things I hadn't seen from that vantage point. And next thing you know, I realize I have spiritual ADD. I am not even focused mm-hmm. on what's going on. It just became kind of worthless and kind of laughable to mm-hmm. myself. And I sat back with my back against the wall and just frustration. I said, ah, you know, that's it. And I was quiet and I wasn't expecting to hear anything. Uh, I wasn't meditating. I was really, I was just frustrating. And this small, still voice enters my head. And it says, in two weeks, you'll have a job. Hmm. And I didn't know what to make of it. I Actually, my first thought was I just told myself that I'm going to have a job. But I knew somewhere deep down in my heart that came out of nowhere. And uh, probably didn't even sound like what you would normally say either, right? And uh, I thought, well, okay, whatever. And passed it off as just nothing major. And then the following Monday, I'm at school. Before I went over to the vocational school, I'm at the main high school talking again with my then girlfriend. And I told her, I said, uh, I hadn't brought it up. She's the one that brought it up if I'd heard anything. Uh, about uh, from God if I had prayed about it. So deciding to poke the bear and tease her a little bit, I said, oh, yeah, I did. I prayed about it. I forgot to tell you. And uh, God said, I'm going to have a job in two weeks. And rather than make fun of me, she said, well, I'm going to pray that that happens as well. Hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this girl doesn't even understand sarcasm. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to tease her a little bit. So as two weeks rolls along, we're on that second Friday and still nothing. Not for for me. There wasn't anything for anybody. And I found myself on that Friday actually being a little anxious. Hmm. We are at where the tire is going to meet the road. I did my part, I think. I heard from God, I think. So is he real? Is he not? I mean, I brought it down to that simplistic of a term. And in my mind, it was that simple. You're either real or you're not. Yeah. So I went up and asked my teacher after lunch. And Mr. Wilson said, nope. There have been no reports of jobs in the neighborhood. Still, I hadn't given up hope. And right before we left for school at 1.45, I asked him, can you check again? And he said, boy, what's your hurry? I said, I would just like to know. So he headed off to the office. And in the meantime, the bell rang for us to leave. And all the students, the 24 other kids, leave the building. And I look over their shoulder and I see him standing in the hallway. I thought, oh, here comes my God moment. He's going to tell me in private that I have this job and everything is going to be great. And as he walks in the room, he looks at me and says, well, what are you still doing here? So I I was hoping you'd tell me about a job. Oh, yeah, there's nothing up there. The office didn't have any information. I mean, that'll date me. He was looking for a fax. Yeah, Yeah, those are long gone. (laughs) And I, I just can't tell you the disappointment. It was kind of disappointment and a reassurance of my non-faith to begin with. (laughs) And uh, I was so, so upset that as I walked down the hallway, I actually snapped a pencil on the locker room, on the lockers, on the side of the hallway, pushing my pencil against the wall. I didn't realize I was that mad. Mm. And by the time I got to the bus, I was furious. And the only thing that was on my mind was getting back to the homeschool to rub Beck's nose in her God's inability to follow through on a prayer. And uh, I I was happy with what I was about to do. <laughs> and as we all hop boarded the buses, there was like 20 so of us all in a single row headed down this road. 
Our bus driver, Phyllis, said, what on earth? And I sat up to see my teacher sprinting out the side door of the horticulture building with papers in his hand, came across the yard, stood in front of our bus and yelled, whoa, like he's stopping a horse. Whoa! <laughs> and Phyllis went to read him the riot act. He said, excuse me, ma'am, I have some business to attend to first. And he turned towards the back of the bus looking at us, and he proudly announced Crowl and Contrasary, A&G Manufacturing, Monday afternoon. And I responded back to him, do you mean for an interview? He said, no, you've got the job. You're hired. Take your toolboxes with you. Wow. And the whole bus just erupted. And as he left, I just found myself sinking down in the seat like a puddle. Yeah. And I mean... I had trouble breathing, and I'm like, what What just happened here? And, I mean, all the bullets were just taken out of my gun. Yeah. Now I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say when I get back to school and see her. And ultimately, we did get back to school, and I, she was in uh, the A building having her ankles taped for track. And I came around the corner and saw her sitting there, and, wasn't sure what to say, and I just kind of snuck up on her. And without making eye contact, she said, what job did you get? Huh. I mean, her faith was that strong. She truly believed it. That was not an absurd question. Yeah. And that moment is a mile marker that I'm still talking about 40-plus years later because it set me on this track of seeking God in times of trouble. Although I know that's, that's not a the sole way to do it. Uh, it opened up dialogue between him and I. I think I'm old enough now to understand he would, he seeks daily relationship, not just in the, the, the sinking, times, the, the sinking moments. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that, that was a major mile marker that I still look back upon when I'm having a dark time. And, you know, mm. God was there in that moment, just as he is now. And uh, 40 years for him is nothing. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a good portion of your life. Yeah. So it was a, a, a real high. I refer to it as a cherry picking moment. Hmm. You know, those first few answers that I got from him on things, uh, I quickly learned that he is not a spiritual vending machine. That's not at all the purpose. And I've noticed, too, that... I receive an answer, good or bad, but a good sense of clarity is relative to the sincerity of the prayer, as opposed to if I'm just trying to get something out of him, yeah. or if I'm just pleading for wisdom and understanding. You know, I, I, I'm not the one to say that one prayer is any more valuable than the other, but I seem to uh, sense his presence much more when my heart's in the right place for doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know. Well, and maybe thanks for sharing that story. That's, that's a wonderful story. Kind of a first milestone of on your faith journey is what it sounds like. Certainly one of the major milestones in your life journey, but one of the very first and maybe the very really significant faith milestones right. in your journey. It was. Um, and it, I think it is interesting. Like it, it's not that God doesn't hear every prayer. Maybe it's that we don't 
hear the answer unless our heart is open and sincere enough and surrendered enough to hear what he wants to say in the midst of those times. Because obviously he doesn't answer every prayer just like that. Right. Um, we would kind of be spoiled children if we got everything we wanted from God, although obviously that has some appeal to us too because we are still <laughs> kind of childish yeah. in our faith sometimes. Um, and it does seem like the older we get and the more we walk with God, the more he wants us not to just have that low-hanging fruit. He wants us to have to stretch a, yeah. l- a bit, right? To stretch and believe. Yeah. yeah. And so he wants our faith to continue to develop and to to mature beyond kind of the easy, simple stuff. Um, that's not always easy to do, but I think it's where he wants us to be. Now, obviously, for Becky, this was just a... I don't even know if it, a simple thing, it certainly sounded like it was a fairly simple thing for her to believe and yeah. just trust this. So there's obviously this very significant difference in the way she approaches faith and the way you approach right. faith, or at least did at that yeah. point. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my approach to faith was more of one where uh, you don't trust openly, you build for yourself, you do for yourself. Uh, Dad was very self-sufficient. He raised us to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't give them up you don't give up much to anybody. Yeah. You know, you are responsible for who you are. End of story. Yeah. And uh, so that flies right in the face of surrendering all to God and saying, you know, I trust you, someone I can't see to do what's in the best interest of me. And I need you. I, yeah. I, we, we are, especially as humans, but I think often, obviously as men, maybe there's this extra um, capacity to just, expect ourselves to provide for ourselves and we don't really need anybody else we're self-sufficient and no we're not uh we are not and we have to learn that um now i suppose there's all sorts of reasons why some people faith comes a little easier to some people than other people sometimes it's a personality thing it might be a gender thing it might be the experiences of faith or the way our family kind of expressed faith in our growing up uh world so, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said trust and believe. Mm-hmm. She trusts and she believes. And I, I can't, you can't have one without the other. While something happens, if she doesn't like the answer, she still believes that's okay. Yeah. I'm not okay with not having an answer. Yeah. You know, I, I and I will analyze it and overanalyze it to death. And that's not trusting. Yeah. You know, and and uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that is such a gift. I, I mean, I think Christ says, "Come to me with a childlike faith." Mm-hmm. You know, when your kids were little, they just trusted that no matter what happens, you have their best interest at heart, and they fly along through life as happy as can be, as long as mom and dad can be trusted. What I mean, what else is there? Yeah. And and I'm I'm expected to have that trust with God, and and uh, wow, yeah. You know, that's a tall order. It is. And, um, yeah, there is something about our world and our humanness where we kind of grow beyond that simplicity of faith, which is too bad because, right. again, that's what we need to get back to. Absolutely. And it takes a whole lot of surrender, sacrifice, um, things that we're not very comfortable with, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I do think there's an interesting passage. I believe it's Jesus speaking. I have to go back and look it up. But it's he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, and I do think 
it is true. Like for those that can just simply believe, uh-huh. um, they see something that maybe the rest of us don't see. There, there is this confidence and this view of things that the rest of us just don't have. Um, and and I don't know why it's harder for some of us than others, but it just simply is. Um, they it was said of Walt Disney um, that when Walt Disney World opened and of course Walt Disney himself had already passed away by this time um, somebody mentioned well it's too bad that Walt couldn't have seen this place and somebody replied he did see it that's why it's here um, and the the point being that he had envisioned it he had yeah. already seen it and it was just as real to him in the very real world even though it wasn't there yet <laughs> it just wasn't tangible yet he it just knew wasn't it. tangible yet yeah. and there's a passage in um, that has nothing to do with a faith story, but I mean, he, he did. He had this this vision and this view and this this faith, if you will, that this was going to take place. Um, in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, I believe it's in chapter 11, uh, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So it's this, we kind of give God these raw materials when we give him our faith right. and simply trust him and believe him that he is going to do something great. And it's not tangible yet, yeah. but we believe in it because we can see it. Again, why that's harder for some of us to accept and believe, um, or some of us are even willing to get to the point, kind of like as you re- referred to, well, I'm okay, I'll pray. And as long as I get my answer and the answer I want, then right. then I'm okay, I'm good. But it really takes saying, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Right. And I'm okay with whatever it is. It must be the best for me. I mean, my raw materials are given to him during a crisis of faith. Yeah. They're not just freely given. You know, whereas Beck says, no, here you are. Yeah. Here you go. This And therein lies a big difference. My battle is completely different than hers. And it's... You know, one that's continuous where I need to, like you said, just be able to say, look, you obviously have a better understanding of my future than I do. Do you think that's a little easier for you to do now than it was these many yeah, years ago, 20, yeah, 30 absolutely. years ago? Okay. Because I, I, I've i had so much happen to me. Mm. It's very clear I'm not in control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back then, I believed that I, I was in control of everything. Yeah. You know, I believe isn't that why they send young men to war. Yeah. They just say, hey, let's go. Yeah. You know, and uh, old men go, nah. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, well, um, that is the journey of faith, and that is the refining process yes. of God changing, uh, burning the dross out of um, the gold of our faith. And so thankfully we do continue to grow and develop in these things. Um, well, I think, um, that's enough for today, unless you want to say anything else about this story or no, I just would encourage, encourage people to look with spiritual eyes. And, and I mean, the answers like you had alluded to earlier, uh, God's talking to us all the time. The Mm -hmm. question is, are we listening? You know, and it wasn't until I went to him, how long did I struggle with these and I'm not just saying this one milestone, but throughout my life, and rather than seek the problem earlier, I always have in my mind what I think the answer should be. Yeah. And it rarely meets up with what God has planned. 
So um, it is something about listening to this still small voice too, yes. right? And yes. so that means quieting our hearts and our lives and our own unction enough um, to where we kind of get ourselves out of the way and can really hear yeah. what God wants to Absolutely. say. So we encourage you to go out and listen for that still small voice. This has been Looking Beyond the Obvious. You can help to extend the reach and impact of these stories by praying that the Spirit of God will inspire more stories like these and by sharing this episode with others. If you'd like to support us financially, click on the support button on our website, lookingbeyondtheobvious.org. And finally, if you have a story you would like us to consider sharing on this podcast, please contact us through our website. Thanks for listening in.